Hello, Jesus time, friends and family. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gisela Lou, and we are doing today what we do every week. We're talking about what Jesus tells us in our times with him. And this is one of those times where it's like a, like a year long <laughs> Jesus time. So today I feel like God brought together stuff I've been learning for a long time, specifically last summer. I had this really incredible Jesus time, but that was before I started my podcast and I typically don't like to go back. I always like to move forward because there's always something new that God is there to teach us or something specific to our situation where we can know him better through his word. But he kept bringing this back, this time I had with him back in the summer. And I will share first the two things that triggered going back to that time and why I think it was so cool and what I think he really wanted me and even us to understand about him and why this is so cool. So today for my devotional, we're going through a devotional, just me and my family, um, called Who is God? And not that any devotional can capture who God is, but we can get little nuggets and we can pick up things and be in awe every single time. So today's scripture was Isaiah 40, 25 and 26, and I'll read it in the NLT and it says this, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after the other, calling each by name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. So today, I was meditating on the power, the grandeur, the godness of God. And then I God brought back to my memory... Um, I felt like he was saying, Hey, Gisela, you know, you just finished listening to a series at church talking all about how I am king. God is king. And I was remembering (laughs) during my devotional, during my meditating on who God is, what was talked about in that series. And if you have a chance to go back, you can find it at Awaken Jax, it's on YouTube, uh, Awaken Church Jax, and the series is entitled The Underground. I'm sorry, no, The Upside Down, forgive me, The Upside Down, because like the show Stranger Things, we also live with a parallel dimension that is nightmarish and creepy, and the kingdom of God is an invisible parallel world, but we are the nightmarish reality of that, right? We are the under, not underground. I keep saying underground. We are the upside down. Okay. So all that to say that in this series, which I hope you look up and listen to, um, they talked about how God is king. And not only is God king, that is the predominant way. That is the initial and for lack of a better term, most important way that God wants us to relate to him. And when I heard this, I thought, "Mm, you guys, I just spent a lot of years, a lot of Jesus time, a lot of therapy 
being able to acknowledge God and come to God as my father. And that has become a sweet spot for me where it was not before. So you mean to tell me now that I have to distance myself from the intimacy of my father and predominantly know him as king? I don't know about that. And it took me several weeks to kind of understand what was being said. And what was being said, I think, was this. God is all the things that he says he is, including father. But if we go to those other things before we understand that God is king, then we can misunderstand who God is and we will not have the reverence and awe that is due his name. Depending on who your father is and the relationship you've had with your father, knowing God as father can mean different things. Also, having that intimate relationship as a father, sometimes we can feel like we can get away with things. Oh, he's my dad. He'll forgive me. If we know God as friend, it's the same kind of thing. Oh, God will forgive me. He's my friend. He'll understand. If we look at God as our priest, then we're going to focus on being holy and doing what's right. And we might miss the relational aspect. So understanding that God is king first, a king who is terrifying and all-powerful like it talked about in Isaiah, then we have the correct reverence, awe, and holy fear so that when we are adopted as children of God, we value that intimacy so much more. Isn't that a big deal? I don't know. It took me a while to process and I'm still processing. And then God brings back my Jesus time from last summer. And this is where I was shook. Because we have an almighty, all-powerful God who has won the victory for us. Yes. We also have a conniving, intelligent, ruthless evil enemy who is out there to destroy us, to destroy our relationships and including our relationship with God. And there is a strategy and a scheme that we see uncovered in the book of Genesis that really attacks God's identity and works against everything that we learn through the series about God's supremeness, about God's ultimate godness and how the devil lessens who God is. Anyway, let's take a look because I think you will be as shook as I am. Okay, so if you look in Genesis chapter 2, we see in the beginning when God was creating everything before sin entered the world, before there was any, any, uh, evil or corruption or foolishness or sin, every time God is referred to in Genesis, specifically chapter two, the name of God is the Lord God. So for example, in Genesis two, verse four, this is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. 
when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. Neither plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. I encourage you to read this on your own because when you see it, it's very impactful. The the words Lord God are repeated several, several times. In fact, every time something was created, it's the Lord God who created it. And if you look in your Bible, the word Lord should be in all caps, L-O-R-D, in all capital letters. Anytime this is done in the scriptures, this refers to the name of God, the proper name of God, which we would know today as Yahweh, a name so holy it was not even spoken of back in the day because God's name was revered. So we see this throughout the creation account. Yahweh is the fullness, the everything that God is his supremacy, his power, his godness, his authority, and of course, his creativity and even his loving kindness as he created everything. He created man and he created woman to be together in relationship. All of those qualities are who God is. But when we look in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. There's that name again, Yahweh. One day, he asked the woman, so this is the devil talking to Eve, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree of the garden? Verse 2. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. Uh, We'll go ahead and read verse 3. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Okay. So you guys, I have read this a thousand times. And not until last summer did God point this out to me. The devil, in his question to Eve changed the name of God, changed how God was addressed from Lord God, Yahweh, the fullness of who God was, including all of his authority and godness, to God. Did God really say? The devil did not refer to God as Yahweh, but as the Hebrew word here is Elohim, which means Lord. And what's interesting about this word is it can mean uh, Lord as in God. So that would be capital, right? Capital E for Elohim, capital G God. Or it can mean lowercase g God or the title Lord as, as someone who is royalty or has an honored position. He did not outright say, don't listen to God. He lowered the godness of God. And then in verse 3, we see that Eve is using the same word. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. 
she used the same word that the devil used to refer to God. Not Yahweh, Elohim. Not the Lord God, all capital L-O-R-D, but God, Elohim. That is a big deal. That's a big deal. Because I I realized God showed me that we can never lower God to something that we understand fully, something that we can put in a box, something we can control or manipulate, something uh, or someone that we can be peers with. God is always God and fully God. God is king. God is holy. And in his love for us, his supernatural love, he adopted us as sons and daughters. And we are sons and daughters of the king. Having this perspective of who God is, it's reinvigorated my awe for him, my understanding of the importance of obedience, the honor, the respect, the reverence of obedience, and made me appreciate so much more the relationship that not only he allows, but the relationship that he left heaven, died on a cross for, and was resurrected three days later for. The king gave his life to have a relationship with us. That is supremely mind-blowing and overwhelmingly humbling that the king would do that for us. You guys, I hope that you are encouraged and challenged to think of God as king, to understand the schemes of the enemy who tries to lower the godness of God and that we would come back and worship God for who he is. Thanks guys for joining me. I hope that your Jesus times are encouraging, are God-filled. Love you guys.